Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. This is another edition of the Wiser Future Podcast, and today I have a special guest. He is a teacher from the Jones County School System, and his name is Mr. Brandon Jordan. How you doing, Jordan? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Well, bless the Lord. I'm doing good myself, man. It's kind of kind of been a week uh, the last few days. Matter of fact, we work in the same place, so... Uh, he knows all about this early out and, and being off and all this kind of stuff. I've been working that, yes. Uh, <laughs> but nevertheless, we had to have off of work because of the, the rain that was coming in because really it did have a lot of the roads that water was going across them, and it was kind of dangerous. But anyway, it's, it's nice to have you here, and we had been planning to do this for some time now, and because of the pandemic, we hadn't really got an opportunity to come in and do this. And I didn't want you to think that I had forgotten you and was going to come in here because um, Brandon is a, I mean, I say this with all sincerity, Brandon is a very highly intelligent young man. And I am so happy to come in contact with him. And matter of fact, he went to school with uh, uh, the Lee boys. So uh, nevertheless, uh, he's an outstanding mm -hmm. student. And we're going to Ask Brandon a few questions a day to you know to get this thing started and to allow y'all an opportunity just to see what it takes to get to that successful uh, peak in your life and and how you need to focus and and so on and so forth. So I'm gonna start this off by uh, asking Mr. Brandon our first question of the day, and our first question is: um, I know you've had several jobs since graduating from college, but now you are an educator. Is this the right career for you, and why? I think this is the right career for me. The reason I say that is because since I've had that experience and a, a bunch of experience in business, so I'm a business teacher, um, I've had that experience, and my ultimate goal whenever I, whenever I was leaving high school and going to college, it wasn't to be like a business career. In all honesty, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, the reason I chose business because – well, if you do business management, it's, like, open to everything. Yeah. My ultimate goal was actually to influence, like, young African Americans, especially the young males, because whenever I grew up, I saw that there were kids smarter than me. There were kids who were on the same level, but they didn't want to try. And my ultimate goal was to be somebody who can say, you know what, I wasn't, like, the best of the best, but, you know, I did, I did my work and I did what I was supposed to do. And here's what I can achieve. And you were smarter than me, and you could have achieved even more. So my ultimate goal is to be an influence, especially I have a younger brother. I want to be influenced to him to say, hey, all you have to do is just do it, and you can achieve a lot of things. So you would say that you are in the right career path right now. Yes, sir, because right now I have the ability to actually directly influence these young males who are in school. Oh, I like the sound of that. He said he can directly influence and also sound like since he chose businesses, he's uh, trying to set himself up to be able to count all the money that he's going to make. We're going to just 86 that joke. That was a joke. <laughs> in the school system, you don't always make the money that you deserve or that you think you deserve, but the work is there for you to do because there is such a need in the educational field. Okay, so my next question was, in high school, was your focus on being successful and getting an education, or was your focus just being a high schooler? Well, my my focus was more being successful. I was uh, I was like really competitive, 
So I remember the the thing that made me competitive was actually like it was just focused on just doing what I was supposed to do. I was always taught that if I'm in a place, I need to do what I'm there for. So whenever they first show like where I stood in the school like rankings, like what number I was, I was like, oh wow, I'm not that far from from the top. So I had a competitive mindset to where I want to beat this person who's in front of me. And I want to keep beating them. I want, because I know I have the ability to be better than them. Because before I was just doing what I was supposed to have done. And now I'm doing what I want to do to be the best. The best version of me I can be. Okay, so I hear Brandon Joyner's version of it. So, but did, or should I say, how much influence did your parents have on you actually thinking successful? Yeah, I'd say they had a, a good amount of influence because in the house, like, you're supposed to, you're supposed to be good. I, I wasn't at – the funny thing, here's what I'll tell you. Whenever I was at home, I was, I was more of a troublemaker, but whenever I was at school, I was taught that in public, you need to, you know, be good. You need to, you know, show that you got some good home training. A lot of times my mom would come to school – and then the teacher would, you know, praise and be like, he's so good, he's so nice, or whatever. And she was like, well, he ain't that way at home. And I'm, like, I'm like, that's home. That's where, that's where I relax. So whenever I'm in public, I got I got things to do. So I got a job to do there. Man, hold up. I know you want no trouble, but I never <laughs> really heard anything about you that was negative coming up. I always heard that you were smart. That, I, I did hear that, so... Uh, and it and it goes to show show that you were smart because of all mm-hmm. the things that you have accomplished. So uh, he he said, he, "Listen, kids." He said he had his mind on being successful while in school. See, that's where a lot of you fall short at. You know, you try to, and it's gonna and it's gonna bring up my next question I'm gonna have to him. But 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 uh, a lot of you don't concentrate on being successful. Until you get down the road and get so old you can't do anything, you, then you start to saying, "I wish I had a." See, it's not ever too late to get into mm-hmm. the arena of being educated, but do it while you're young because when you get older, tr- take my word for it, your brain has some cobwebs that you can't vacuum out so you can learn better when you're younger. Okay, uh, I'm going to pose this next question, and it's going to help with that. Okay, next question is, did you decide before high school the way you would conduct your high school years, meaning what activities you would do, girlfriends, friends in general. Did you decide before high school what you were going to allow in your life to keep you on track? Or if you were thinking about being on track, what did you think about putting in your life? And if you weren't thinking about being on track, what did you actually think about doing? Well, I I was more of a a go-with-the-flow type person, but I always had like an end goal. And my end goal was to was to build a a strong foundation for like having a family and the kids and not to have to struggle. And that was like my ultimate goal. My ultimate goal was like I don't know what exactly I want to do, but I know I don't want to struggle doing it. So I knew while yeah, I was I like in school. Yeah, exactly. I knew while like while I was in school that I wanted to to do something to where, you know, I learned and I was somebody who can actually finish something, start something and finish something. And focus on what can help build that path to make it easier for me. Because even if, even if you know, I wasn't 
going to college, even if I didn't, because at first that wasn't on my mind. It wasn't at first. But my but my ultimate goal is like I'm in school. I'm going to do good here and I'm going to learn. There's a reason we're here. And my goal was like, all right, if I'm here to learn something, obviously there's something I need to know going out into the world. If these people are taking the time to teach me, like I might as well listen. So whenever I whenever I went off to school and, uh, you know, high school, I mean, and towards the end, like people were talking about, well, what, what are we going to do afterwards? What are we going to do to go to college? And I'll tell you, I had a, a big influence that said, hey, you need to go to college. You go smart enough. I didn't I didn't think I was smart enough. I just knew that, you know, I was just doing what I was supposed to have done. And that that was my mindset was like, well, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. And whenever I was told like, oh, yeah, you can go to college. You should apply. You need to go here or there. Like it took one person to actually tell me that. Mm-hmm. And everybody else, you know, all the like some other teachers or whatever, they knew that I was smart, but they didn't like go out there and say, hey, didn't you try to encourage you to go? No, yeah. Mm-mm. they didn't encourage me. That sounds so. like typical Sampson County. Though. <laughs> yeah, honestly, exactly. Honestly. I mean, I didn't know from a, from a student perspective, I didn't know all the background and stuff, but I was just, you know, I was just there. But just that one person telling me took, took me up to the next level. It was like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and do this. Like I said, I was go with the flow type person. So I was like, eh, I'll apply. I had my job, and I was like, I got some money I can spend on some applications. Let's see what happens. There you go. I mean, what could, what could be the worst of it? Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, I mean you know, that's, it's, it's always good to, to have someone to give you that little extra push because, yes, we have in us to succeed, but then, too, we don't really look at it realistically if we are, are young to see exactly what we're at. So that posed this kind of a little small question in that. Did you happen to notice your surroundings at home uh, thinking that you might didn't have enough to live the life that you wanted or you saw what some of the other kids might have had that you didn't have and you said, Lord, are we going to be poor all our lives? Did did any of that, you know, wake you up and say, well, I'm going to have a better life than this and then if I have a family they're going to have a whole lot better. And I, I know sometimes when we came up, we might didn't have much, but yet and still, the good Lord kept our heads above water. He kept food on our table, mm-hmm. our lights on, and so on and so forth. And and we were pretty much happy because it's it just like, you know, uh, Lamar and them guys, they were saying as they got older, they said they really didn't know how poor we was, you know. <laughs> just how yeah. it was. They said they didn't know how poor we was until they just started thinking about it. And then their question was, how do y'all – manage to do it. I mean, how do y'all manage to to feed us and clothe us like y'all did? So um, as I was saying, the question was, did you see the way your life was at home or what mom and dad didn't have that influenced you to say, well, I'm going to make it. I'm going to have more. Oh, yes. I I think I was just like, just like Lamar then. Like I didn't see it at first. Until, like, a lot of times, like, I'd ask for something, be like, well, we ain't got the money for that, or you got money for that, and stuff like that. And I think the the big turning point to where I was like, well, now I need to figure out, like, how to, how to get more is because I had gotten a job for the first time. And I got my first paycheck. I remember that. It was, like, $115, like, the most money I've seen. <laughs> Right then, I was like, oh, my goodness, look at all this money. Like, I got this, and I can spend it on myself. And as soon as I got that first paycheck, 
I told my mom, I was like, you don't ever have to spend any more money on me because I'm going to work and I'm going to buy my own stuff. Because oh I never had the ability to get my own. And until I did, I didn't realize how much money really meant and how easy it can go away. And like I, like I saved up all of my paychecks until I like bought my first car. Oh, man. Like, I, like just growing up and just knowing that like this is it. This is what you were used to. This is your normal. It's just not having much. But you know what? You learn to be humble and not need that much. Like, you don't need it because you never had it before. And until you actually have the ability to buy it, it's like, you know what? Like, I, 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 see, where I, I see where I really was. Mm-hmm. Because this thing that used to cost a lot or used to be a lot of money was just a little bit of money. But to us, it was a lot. Because we couldn't afford that. Yeah, same with me. You know, I came up in a neighborhood that, you know, some of the guys had things and, you know, tell it like it is. We were just dirt poor. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't have, you know. And honestly, I mean, I guess then I was thankful. Like today's kids are not thankful. They're not appreciative mm-hmm. for what they have. But I was thankful. Even though I didn't get some things, I still was happy. Like some Christmases, May didn't get but a, a bag of fruit and some nuts. You know, mm-hmm. no toys and all this. But I was happy. I was thankful that I had that because it could have been where I didn't have that. But, but uh, you know, and I, I just vowed. I said, well, I'm going to try to uh, do better when I get that opportunity to go out. I'm going to do better. Okay, so our next question is, and since you've been there, and this is kind of sort of directed at the, the high schoolers now, how they act when they leave home. Uh, most high schoolers, when they leave home for the first time and headed for college, most most take this as a time to be their own person and decide that, that they didn't have anyone to answer to but themselves. Did you think this way, or did you say, uh, well, let anything get in, you know, or you wouldn't let anything get in your way uh, to handle that opportunity to progress? I, I straight up said, just getting into college in general was a blessing and something that was handed to me. I was on a Pell Grant, and they told me that that's made out of, you know, taxpayers' money, and you need to keep a certain grade level. Yeah. And I, I was like, okay, so these people are paying for me to be here. Somebody's paying for me to be here. I didn't spend any of my own money to be here. So that means somebody believes in me. So those people who got me there are the reason I'm here, and I'm not going to skip a day of class. I'm not going to just stand there. And, you know, enjoy my time without being here and being focused on work. Trust me, I had fun. I did my thing, and I was independent. But at the same time, I understood that I'm here for a reason. Yeah. And that that was the number one thing. And I was an RA in college, and I've seen so many kids, like freshmen, come in and say, oh, yeah, I'm here. My parents paid for me. I'm good. I don't need to go to class. Fell, dropped out. Like, a lot of kids, I was like, if you can get past your first year, you need to realize that somebody's paying for you to be here. And I know it's not you. Did y'all, did y'all hear that? You need to get by your first year. Oh, exactly. Because if, if you can get by, past your first year, you can make it all four years. Because you have the mindset <clears throat> and the ability to understand yourself enough to know what makes you good and what makes you bad. Right now, a lot of kids are at home stuck during the COVID times, and they're realizing this now. They're realizing what a lot of kids in, kids in college realize for the first time. Mm-hmm. Now you're responsible for yourself. 
No, you don't have a teacher telling you, hey, you need to do this assignment. Hey, you need to turn this in right now. Now, a lot of kids are realizing that, hey, this is what will happen if I go off to college because nobody's going to tell me, like, this is what you're going to be doing. Uh, this is what you need to do because in college, nobody's going to tell you got to go to class. You're not going to be counted absent. You just you already paid them. It's up to you for what yeah. you do. Oh, man. You know, that, that makes sense to me. And and from what I gather from all of that, you won't be let anything steal your opportunity and you're going to let uh, yourself put uh, not only let yourself down, but let your parents down and those that sent that tax money mm-hmm. in there that allow you to get that opportunity to go to college. Because no. you could have not gotten that opportunity. You could have been on a farm in Kena. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and that would have been the worst of the worst. So, you know, what you're saying, if you get an opportunity to go to college, you need to make the best of it. You know, I always said, these, you know, regardless how far you want to go through, through life learning, uh, you got four years of uh, high school, you got four years of college. Those are eight years that you should buckle down and decide that you're going to make it. I mean, take mm-hmm. everything out of your life that, that's not meaningful, you know, and just focus on education. And then if you decide to go further than those eight years, then those eight years should be enough to focus you on those other maybe two to three years that you got to do to get your doctrine or whatever. So, you know, I say, you know, as he was saying, buckle down, focus, do what you got to do in order to get that, that education to make your life better because you don't have to be on the street doing nothing. You don't have to be in the fields if you don't want to be in the fields. God told me once when I was doing a job and I didn't like it, he said, you know, you got to like it. He said, I said, why I got to like it? He said, because you're here. He said, if you didn't want to be here, you wouldn't be here. And I mm-hmm. thought about that thing. I said, man, he's right. You know, I control that. I have the call on that. So I started trying to learn different things in order to get myself to a, a different plateau and making money because Lord knows no, no. Uh, uh, $12 an hour or uh, $15 an hour is better than minimum wage any day long. I mean, I'd rather be somewhere doing something that's skillful. I'm not taking anything away from those that work at McDonald's or whatever, but they're better for you. Don't settle for less when you know there are more out there for you. Okay. Okay, Brandon, rumors has it that you have done some traveling. Can you tell us the places you have lived and which you felt was good and not good for you and why? <laughs> All right. So I've, I've definitely done a little bit of traveling. I lived in uh, Tampa, Orlando, Miami, and Charlotte, and also the Bay Area, California, okay. so near San Francisco. And I can tell you the... The good areas for me, I, I love Charlotte. It's like a big city in North Carolina, small and compact and very bad traffic, but it's, it's still nice. It's still nice. Tampa is a nice area, and so is Orlando. Orlando, since I, I worked at Disney also, I did a little internship there. They were, uh, that place is like really, the whole entire city is really friendly because they have the influence of Disney around, so they know that they need to be nice like any place. Smiles uh, around there. ticket yep. sales. Right. Yep, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Miami is crazy, crazy. I'm going to tell you, like, it's, it's a fun place, but it is wild. It's, the traffic is scary. Like, whenever I say scary, I mean people are going in bumper-to-bumper traffic, bobbing and weaving like 80 miles per hour. Okay. First time I got road rage is in there, and it stayed for years. I'm telling you, <laughs> I only lived there like a couple of months, too. And every morning I saw like a car flipped over on its top on the other side of the highway. Well, not every morning, but two two mornings in a row. And I'm like, how in the world is this happening? 
That's crazy. So there were some things that you enjoyed there and wanted to make you stay yeah. there, but then there was a whole lot of stuff yeah. that made you want to get up out of dark. Exactly. Yeah, like the uh, the staying part, uh, like them uh, uh, the Cubans, Cuban women. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I heard about all them. You know, how, uh, how do you how do you hear? Them? Uh, well, I had I had a good friend of mine that went down there, and, and he was telling me about it. He's la la la. Yeah. I said, brother, I don't need to be there. I was just gonna say. Ten pluses. That's it. That's oh, it over there. Ten plus. Oh, but anyway, man. we're gonna go to. Let's, let's move on to California. Let's move on to California. So, so that I lived in the Bay Area near San Francisco. So you know, a lot of influences there, like especially on social media and media in general. And what I can say is that it, it's an amazing, beautiful, wonderful place to visit. Not a great place to live. There are things there that I saw and that they like believe in, they approve of that I don't in general. Like a lot of things that they'll do, they'll do to their detriment in order to look like they're doing positive. So say you have like a I'll give you an example of what I saw, like a, a simple one. And this is just one. There's many and probably worse ones, but that'll get too much into into the weeds. Um, so a simple one is like, we had like a city that had, that had like a a specific minimum wage and they wanted to raise minimum wage, but they only raised it in that one city. So like a bunch of college kids came up and were like, Hey, we can raise the minimum wage. We're going to give this to the governor. Let's raise the minimum wage. But they only did in that one area. So what happened was everybody wanted to work there to get paid more. And nobody wanted to shop there because what do the stores have to do? If if they got paid their employees more, they're gonna have to raise the prices. Yeah, yeah. So they raised the prices. The people who were working in the surrounding cities, right around them, had lost like a lot of employees because they're trying to go to the where they get paid more, of course. And uh, it basically caused inflation in that city. So nobody wanted to shop there, but everybody wanted to work there. So they had to pick up the litter of the good employees, but at the same time, they were losing money. Mm. So you have, like, businesses losing money because nobody wants to buy there or shop there whenever they can just go, like, a mile over and get cheaper stuff instead of just raising it for the whole entire state or area. They just raise it for a city. They didn't think of the long-term consequences, and that happens a lot. Like, you'll see, like, a homeless person all over San Francisco. There's a lot of homeless people. But a lot of people in the Bay Area talk about how we need to feed everybody in Africa and Asia and but all not this. Want to feed them there. Yeah, oh, right man. in front of them. They'll step right over them like Good they don't Lord. exist. And it's like, how can you say that you are for everybody and you are, you know, culturally sensitive, politically sensitive, and you can't even help the people right in front of you? Man. Whenever you can do that, they call it a utopia. But whenever you can't ha- help the people right in front of you and prove that's a utopia, how can you really truly say that? Mm. Man, I'm feeling you on that. And, and that is the truth. I have noticed a lot of that, how, you know, the need is great, you know, in your neighborhood. But then you want to look beyond that and go to Africa and feed or go to wherever these countries is that's, that's not doing well. You want to go there. I mean, uh, charity starts at home, what the Bible says, and it spreads abroad. So you got to take care of, of home first before you could even consider anything else. Cause why would you want to brag about feeding the homeless 
and the, and the hungry, and then in your neighborhood, they's worse than who you're feeding. Now, that, that really don't sound right. There's something wrong with that picture. You know, a lot of times it's just a petition. It's like, sign this petition to do this yeah. rather than actually doing anything. Yeah. So it's, it's different. Okay, so we got a little time on his traveling <laughs> experience there, and, and we're not to travel. Okay. Uh, my next question is, you being a, a, a high, being a past high schooler, how would you say today kids are different from your generation when you was a high schooler? Uh, I'm glad you asked that question because I was going to bring it up earlier and I was like, I'll wait because I'm pretty sure you're going to bring up a question that relates to it. So one thing that I can say that's a huge difference is the amount of motivation. The motivation is like a lot lower. And the reason that is is because of social media. Like whenever I grew up in high school, it had like the Internet was barely even a thing. It just started towards my senior year. And I could see the the transition from not having the ability to talk and see everything to sort of like being able to talk to people around different like states, countries, and different things like that. So with them, they're, they're growing up in a society that's already integrated. They can see everything. And they have the ability to know everything at once. They have the capability right in front of them, in the hand, Google, to learn anything they want in general. But here's the deal. Like, whenever you have that ability from the, from the jump, whenever you start off having everything at once, you can't see it all. You don't right. see right. the difference between not having and having. So they get a lot of distractions. They get a lot of white noise. So... They'll go around, like, just on whatever platform they're on, and that's it, social media. They'll just be on, like, Instagram, just looking at other people doing Instagram stuff. And that's how they see life. They're growing up seeing life that way, so they can't focus. It's hard to focus. There's a thousand distractions online, Mm -hmm. and it's hard to focus on what your future is. You can't see past tomorrow because you're constantly giving, getting information on just random stuff, yeah. whatever. And that is so hard for them because they can't see where they are. Right. A lot of times, like, you escape your life because you're putting yourself in the life of whatever online world you're in. So if you can't see your life, by the time you get in high school, you're like, all right, I'm just here for a couple hours. Let me just get on my phone, live whatever, get out of this world because I don't like it. If you don't like what's going on around you, you'll distract yourself until it's over. And then next thing you know, you're out of high school, and it's like, well, now what do I do? Where yeah, am I? Yeah. Social media is good, but uh, some of it has pure, you know, just how destroyed our young people's mind. You know, a lot of them think that they're going to get rich off of TikTok or mm-hmm. YouTube. And Bottom line is, I mean, you really got to have yourself together even to be discovered in old new channels. And as you were saying, motivation, I do believe, along with you, there is one of the biggest problems that our kids have now, a lack of motivation. When this pandemic started and everybody had an opportunity to choose which way they wanted to learn, those that probably couldn't spell their name if they didn't have help wanted to stay home mm-hmm. and do it virtually when they know that they won't going to pay attention to that, they won't going to learn from that, and they need all of the first-hand attention that, that, was, that was there for them in order to get it, but they chose to stay home. How do you feel about that? 
All right. So for that, that is exactly how like how it started. I can I can say firsthand, <clears throat> the ones who didn't want to be in school in the first place, they stayed home. It it could be you know a a, a medical thing, but most likely it's probably they just you know they don't if they don't have to go to school, why would they? A lot of times they barely wanted to be there, but what I would say is, like some kids, like during this time, stepped up. They, like, even if they were home, they they stepped up at home yeah. and they they showed who they are. A lot of kids knew who were like in the background. I'll say I'll say there's some kids in the background who were smart and did their stuff, but they didn't show it at school. Yeah. And some of them are showing it now. Like they they were like, all right, now I can achieve because. I have attention on me right mm-hmm. now, and I can do what I, I can do without caring what other people think. Like yeah. those who who didn't, who didn't do the work before, they weren't going to do the work like now at all. At home, right? They weren't. So one thing that has happened, like we're going to the second quarter. One thing that I've seen is we have an influx of students coming from being virtual to being home because their parents are there. The parents see, oh, wow, they're not doing anything. No, you're going to school. You're not being here mm-hmm. doing nothing. So those kids are coming back. And I applaud the parents and the kids who made the choice to come back after they saw, like, how hard it was at home yeah. the second quarter, the first quarter. So I applaud them. They did a great job in coming back. And they see that now that they're in school, they get, like, personal attention. I'll tell you, every single class that I teach now is smaller and every kid feels, I'll say they feel a lot more comfortable with, like, talking in class, talking to me. Because guess what? It's only a few of us. It's only a handful of us. They don't have to worry about anybody else. So they get that one in, one-on-one attention that they need and they want. And, and they love and, it. And then, actually, you got kids that feel as though they are being picked out and picked on because they might have the, the status of a nerd and would ask questions. A lot of them fail to ask questions because of what they think their peers would think. Oh, man, why are you asking questions like that? You're a nerd, all kind of stuff. But a question that's not asked is a question that won't receive an answer. So you mm-hmm. got to ask the questions. And, and um, man, and, and I, I like to, you know, to go along with you and say I appreciate and I'm very proud of everyone that has chose to get into the classroom and get this learning that is necessary, that is needed, um, instead of staying home and, and watching TV and playing games like you would mm-hmm. like to do. I am so proud of everyone chose to come in, come back into the classroom. And I'm hoping that, you know, there'll be more that will come to the classroom if if this pandemic would allow and if they can mm-hmm. stay safe. I, I, I want them to come back and get that, as he was saying, that one-on-one uh, uh, attention that they need in order to understand what's going on in the classroom. But for you that came, hats off to you. I'm proud of you. Hang in there. Continue to get it. Okay, my next question is, we all know that this has been a challenging year. Teaching had to be the most complicated thing to accomplish, but under a normal virus-less year, what could make your job easier and more enjoyable for you to do your job? What is needed? Man, in a virus... In a virus list, yeah, yeah, without any virus. All right, man, I can't even think of how that was back then. That's, that's I mean, we know it's it being hard now, <laughs> yeah, we know it's being hard yeah. now because the way you got to teach and the way you got to, 
you know, prepared and you got to try to do what little you do in the classroom and then you got to try to get those at home. So uh, in order to make the kids realize that they need this, what could be done? Mm, okay. In order to make them realize that they can, that they need, you know, need to be educated. I'd say, I'd say actually just, just look at your, at your, your surroundings, your life, where you are. I know you have social media. Yeah. I know you can see what it looks like on the the other end of the world and the other end of the spectrum. Don't think that that's impossible. Don't think that's too far from you. Don't think that's just because you're in a small town that this is a barrier and this is all you know and this is all you will know because you can know more, you can see more, you can do more. All you have to do is just go out there and grab it. Mm-hmm. And the main thing is use... Use those different worlds, not as your world, but as a goal to achieve and get there, get to where you want to be. And you, can, you can't do that at the end. of You can't wait till tomorrow. You got to start today. You keep waiting till tomorrow. Tomorrow is never going to come because you're always waiting right. till tomorrow. Right. And I, I agree with that 1%. Well, where are today kids and what is needed for them to appreciate the value of a good education? I'd say, like I said before, today's kids, they're, they, they have the capability, have a lot of intelligence. A lot of times they, they don't need, they don't realize that they're smart. A lot of them don't realize that they're really smart compared to the rest of the world. Some of them don't see that, hey, this is what I can do with my intelligence. Um, what I, what I can say is know your strengths, but also know your weaknesses. Mm. A lot of them, like, like I said, a lot, of kid, a lot of today's kids are smart, but sometimes they think they're too smart, and they don't realize that they need to learn certain things. Any kid that thinks they know a lot is one of those that's not going to listen. Exactly, and that's the number one thing. you got to learn how to listen. And if somebody is actually sincerely telling you the truth, don't take it as, oh, this person, they don't know what they're talking about. I know what I'm talking about. No, you only know what's in your world. You don't understand, like, the bigger picture. Whenever somebody's trying to give you real facts and trying to help you out, listen. Use that to your advantage. Teachers aren't here to tell you wrong. We're here to lead you into the future. Our job isn't just to educate you. We're here to prepare you for society and yes. to go into there and be a successful, you know, civilian, somebody who does and achieves for the rest of the world. Yes, yes. That's that's well said. Okay. Can all be reached? And if so, how? And if they can't, why can't they be reached? I'll say this. All all can be reached in some way or another. But as as a teacher, we can try to reach them all, but we we aren't capable to reach everyone. A lot of times their mind, the ones who we say can't be reached or they need to reach themselves first. Like we may not be able to be the person. We may not be the single person to reach them. They may need to reach themselves. They may need to hit a point where they got to build themselves up. And whenever they look back and see like, Hey, this is what that person was saying this whole time. Like you will reach them. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. But as a teacher, we can try to reach them all, 
but they may not be reached today. They can be reached tomorrow, the next day, maybe 10 years down the road. They'll look back and they'll be like, they did say this. It's this a, is what's going it's on. It's not a time to give up on. Exactly. Yeah. You never, you yeah. never give up. They may not be reached today, but you should always try to reach them. You should always give them the truth, how the facts are, the real world scenarios. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we want to try to reach them by giving them a lot of, you know, bubble gums and, you know, butterflies and sweet rainbows and all that stuff. And they're looking at it like, no, no, that, that's not the real world. So sometimes you have to get on their level. You can't yeah. just be too far up. Yeah. Get on their level and be like, okay, yeah. I understand. This is what you're going through. This yeah. is what you see. Yeah. And this is how we can we can reach that goal. Okay. This is my last question, Brandon. And then after this question, I'm going to let you close close out the way you want to. Anything that you want to say, add, or whatever, I'll give you that time to do so. And then when you finish, we'll close. Okay. My, my last question is, what is missing in the life of our today's youth? Mm. Well, what I'll say is missing, like a, like a big thing, is the family environment. That's, that's the, the biggest thing that I've seen that's missing. Even if you can have a mother, you can have a father, you can have everybody in your life, and they're still going to be missing. They could be there every single day in the home with you, but still missing. The reason that is is because they're not there with their children. They're not really interacting. They're letting them just stay on the computers, stay on the video games, stay on the iPods, like stay distracted. Mm-hmm. They're, they're being raised by a tablet rather than a lot of parents. Wow. Like I, I give my hats off to those parents who are like influencing their kids, talking to them, communicating them. Even in the schools, I can see the difference. We can see the difference in a child who's who has like actual parenting. You don't have to have your mother and father. You don't have to have everybody there. As long as you have one person trying to raise you, you can, you can, it makes a huge difference in the way the child can interact. There's a lot of things that are missing, like socially, socially children don't know how to communicate as well as they used to. Like they can't, they can't communicate to each other. They can't communicate to adults. They can't communicate communicate to society like they used to because they're influenced by online personas. And I'm going to say persona because those aren't true people. Those are personalities. They're trying to convey the extremes because the extremes are what gets them attention. Mm -hmm. And now that extreme that used to be just something for entertainment has now become the personality of the children and that those are who are going to be the new future adults. And now that extreme is, is, is something that isn't real, but now it's starting to become real. So we need to make sure that the thing that they're missing, the family environment, somebody to teach them right from wrong is there. <clears throat> Man, you, I mean, you, you, you hitting it, you know, and as you was talking, I was sitting here and thinking, I said, it's more of a lack of communication on the parents part. Mm-hmm. Parents are not communicating with their kids and the kids are not communicating with the parents. That's, that's why, the fruit don't fall too far from the tree. That's why it's hard for them to communicate with you and I because they're not used to communicating with an adult, say mom, dad. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's the time now. If you, you know, want your kid to be the best they possibly can be, it's time that you invest time and communication in your child's life because your child's only going to be, you know, what you are teaching them to be. And I think there's a message coming up that I'm going to do soon 
that's going to kind of open the doors on that. But nevertheless, communication got to go on inside of the household in order for the kids to learn these things. These, these are life things. Communication is a life. I mean, it's life. If you can't learn to talk home, you can't learn to talk outside. And interviews are important in your life. You can go to college and get the best degree in the world, but if you can't communicate when in your interview, then they're going to think, you, you're not right for my company. You can't oh, even talk. You can't even answer my question. You can't even look me in the eye when you're talking. Because it's always been said, if someone can't look you in the eye, then obviously they're the, lying. Yep, they're hiding something. Yeah, they're hiding mm-hmm. something. So you got to teach your kids how to communicate at home and to know these things. Well, on that note, as I stated, that was my last question. So I'm going to leave the floor to Mr. Brandon and let him close it out the way he wants to. But anything that he want to say, it's your time. All right. So I guess the last thing I'll say is just for the parents and kids at home, just be involved with each other. Like learn where you are. Be honest with each other. Communicate. Like the media has taken family out of it. So we need to make sure we have family in the homes. Make sure you are a direct influence on your children's lives. And children, talk to your parents. Don't be, don't be afraid to tell them how you really like, feel or like, what's going on in your life. Communicate, even if it doesn't even have to be just your parents. It could be like your cousin, your, your aunt, your uncle, like somebody who you're close to. Be somebody, have somebody that you can communicate with so that you can actually have like an outlet to tell how you feel or what's actually going on. It's all yeah. about communication. Just like he said, whenever you get into the job interviews, I've interviewed so many people. And whenever, whenever I saw like the differences, like there's, there's just a distinct like lack of understanding mm-hmm. whenever it comes to the young adults who are, who are being interviewed. Like they come in like jeans or whatever. And I was like, I thought it was like common knowledge. To me, it was common knowledge. To them, they just didn't know. Like, and I understand that a lot of people want to be like, well, I didn't know, so you should accept that. But in the real world, like, nothing has to be accepted outside of the norm, all right? Because, yes, you're an individual. Yes, you're independent. Yes, you can be that way. But whenever you're trying to be part of something else, you have to realize, like, hey, I'm going to have to tame myself down and, like, you know, conform. I know that's a bad word, conform, but hmm. at the same time, if you want to fit in with somebody and be there, you're going to have to fit in with them and be there. That's what conforming is. You got to right. come together. And hmm. a lot of businesses have been talking about, you know, meeting in the middle with the younger generation because it's become such a, such a, a distance between the younger generation and the old way things are that a lot of younger people aren't being hired because of that. And it's like, how do we get these young people? We're going to have to let things, you know, slide a little bit. They're moving the barrier because the younger generation, you guys are tough. Y'all aren't giving up on who you are. And that's, that's what you've been taught. And that's not a bad thing. But at the same time, you got to realize if you want to be in a specific place, they don't, they don't have to accept like everything every single bit about you. You don't want to let it all hang out. You want to basically be strong on the inside, be who you are, but at the same time, be willing to change yourself and to evolve. Otherwise, you're going to miss out on opportunities and things in front of you. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's what I want to just leave out there. Uh, that sounds good. I'm telling you, uh, go back over this and listen, because this really has been very informative. And, and um, 
man, I, I'll tell you, it's just really been a blessing. And most of the reasons that kids uh, fail or don't want to talk to their parents because of the no they might get. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing he said when we first started this podcast was that kids think they know more than those that are trying to teach them. And that ain't true. You know, your parents will always know what is best for you because they've been through some of the same thing. They might have been rebellious coming through, mm-hmm. and they learn from that. You know, we say, well, you know, this is what made me be the way I am, so I'm going to do it different with my kids. So you don't always know what's best for you. Give your parents an opportunity to show you that they're willing to go the extra mile to make sure that you be successful and you fail and you don't get hung up with the wrong people. That's what's wrong with you. A lot of times you you don't want to hear when they tell you you can't hang around this one or hang around that one. They have your future in mind because they know if you don't be focused in your schoolwork and in college, you will not amount to the things that you want to be. So uh, give them an opportunity to communicate with you and, and to prove to you that they know what's best in your life. This uh, has been a good podcast. I'm pre- very appreciative of Mr. Brandon Joyner uh, for being here today. And uh, very, 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 very good. And and I can't wait to go edit this and, and listen over it myself because I have fairly enjoyed And this has been a special edition of the Wiser Future Podcast. Stay tuned. There are more to come. And we are out.